Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Marco, thank you for joining us. What an exciting, incredible game. You had a tremendous first half, and you hold off to beat Cleveland. Your thoughts in general here, Marco? Uh, we won the game. That was important, but I think uh, we got something to be better. You know, like uh, we can lose like, uh, I don't know, like 25, maybe more points. Uh, we need to play better. I did some mistake at the end, like a turnovers or whatever, you know, so we just, well, but we need this couple games, you know. Cleveland is a great team. We want to be a great team, you know, so at least we won the game and uh, keep going. Absolutely. If you could just step back, though, and look at the performances, yours, JJ, Simmons, and LeBron. I mean, incredible basketball here tonight, true? I mean, yes, that was a great game, fun game to watch. Uh, but I think we can play better. Uh, I'm not really happy right now. I mean, like, we won the game, but uh, especially for the playoff, if we want to be, like, a good team in the playoff, we can play like this. We need to play better, and uh, we will. Marco, we appreciate you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Marco Bye-bye. Bellinelli. 97.5, the Fanatic. Let's join Brett Brown in progress right now. LeBron, and... Uh, you know, they do what they do. They kind of like surgically, you know, draw the pick and roll. And, you know, sometimes we switch, sometimes we didn't. And they're very methodical about it. That's what they've done since he's been there. And we try to blitz some. We try to stay on our own with some. When J.J. or Marco has LeBron, you got some problems. And so the long two, we're going to live with a little bit. I thought his roll-offs, I thought some of the ways that we showed no resistance on him was disappointing. But it's a playoff lesson. That is a playoff game because you go through the multiple things that go through your mind on the bench, you know, trying to put our guys in schemes that are successful. And we went through four of them. And, and that's what he does. Um, that's what goes on in my mind. Was there anything pregame with Ben at all where you saw that he had a look or that he was going to come out with that aggressiveness and play that way? I think he's been playing great basketball. I think our team's been playing you know, great basketball lately. And so I know Ben really uh, embraces the challenge of playing against LeBron. 
Uh, we all were excited to come back here in Philadelphia and play in front of an amazing crowd in such a big game. And it didn't surprise me that, that he had a big game. When you look at the stat line and you see, you know, a triple-double, a significant triple-double, it's not like he eked in. It was, uh, it was a, a very authoritative triple-double. Um, it, it really didn't surprise me. He's been doing a lot lately that, that doesn't catch me as much off guard as it used to. I mean, the, if you went into the locker room, and you will, I, I suppose, soon, you, I saw it immediately after the game, there is just a very spirited, genuine group of some old, some young players that are sharing in each other's success and led by Joe Embiid. You know, I think Joe looks great. Like, he's, he's as thin as I've ever seen him. He hears me talk about thin as in all the time. His body looks ex exceptional, and his spirit is, is there to match that. And to see Joel, like, bring the team in, and, you know, we got a bell ringer in, in Ben Simmons, and see those two young guys and the veterans. It's just a very tight room. You know, it's a very tight group. That part of it excites me as much as what have we learned about the pick and rolls and not to try to, you know, have that environment as much as we did. Well, how do we deal with them Them switching? That really hurt our, our offense. Uh, that side of it interests me the most. This run, you haven't had a lot of opportunities to play a game like this. I imagine a week before the playoffs are going to start. It's a pretty nice time to have. It's extremely timely because it, it's a real it's a real feeling. It's, it's defensive adjustments. Now what? What do you do? It's offensive adjustments. Now what? What do you do? And, you know, like you're going through sort of uh, highs and lows and trying to figure it out and try to stay sane. And, you know, situationally, we had great situations where we tried to foul them twice, one successfully, one unsuccessfully. You know, getting the ball in bounds, recognizing they had no timeouts. Uh, those types of things, along with just the flow of the game, made this game a very much a, a, a tremendous learning experience. It's always feels more positive when you win, but in general, uh, I, I hoped I would have said that regardless. Bellinelli tonight. Can you talk about the impact Marco Bellinelli made tonight at 23 off the bench? I mean, there was a stage that he came in and just was lethal. We were, we were sputtering, and, and he came in and just gave us an injection of offense. And, uh, you know, we all talk about the, those players, those lightning in a bottle type players that can come off a bench and do something like that. Most good teams have somebody like that, and he uh, he is certainly ours. Big hype, big buildup surrounding tonight's match between the 76ers and the three-time Eastern Conference LeBron James-led Cleveland Cavaliers. This one did not disappoint, not in the least. Brian Seltzer with you from Sixers.com. 76ers prevail past the Cavaliers 132 to 130. They now have control of third place in the Eastern Conference standings. The Cavaliers have one less game to play than the Sixers. Sixers with three more games to go before everything wraps up on Wednesday against the Milwaukee Bucks. Tom McGinnis. 
had the call of tonight's game. It saw a pair of triple doubles against two stars, one established, one certainly on the rise. Just a great, great night with so many dramatic twists and turns, Tom. I mean, to think that LeBron James was at the line with 1.9 to go, a chance to tie the game. The Sixers led by as many as 30. What dichotomy between the halves. Right. As you say, layers and layers. But let's go to the foul shooting. He's a 74, 75% foul shooter for his career. You know, and I'll tell a quick story because he was amazing. I mean, he had nine points at halftime. Now, he had a high turnover game. But I, I just remember, and I actually was sharing this with Brett Brown earlier tonight because Coach Brown called him the greatest player ever. And I was just saying, like, He's been susceptible at the line. I remember about this time, like late March, many years ago, when the Sixers ended up playing Cle- or Miami in the playoffs, LeBron would be done with his warm-up like when we got to the arena. And he would finish his warm-up with half-court jumpers. You've seen our guys like have a half-court shooting contest, and guys have different approaches. Some guys do this, that. LeBron shoots jumpers with ease, and he'd make like 7 out of 10. And then, you know, little competitive in my mind. I'm like, yeah, make a couple free throws at the game of the line, you know, and here tonight he missed. How about he ran to the three-point line and shot a three with an open runway where I think he could have dunked it and conceivably could have been fouled. That was, you could question that right there. Um, But, like, we visited with Marco Bellinelli, and he was ticked that they gave up that lead. And it started at the end of the first half when it was 30, and they cut it to 23, doesn't sound like much, but when you couple that with, like, nine in a row to begin the third quarter, then they were back in the game. And, again, they had just done this the night before. And yet the Sixers, during this streak and over the last two, three months, they're showing the maturity, the development, the ability to arrest a situation, correct it, and go on and win the game. And that is as good as anything. But Simmons and LeBron put on a battle for the ages. 76ers over the Cavs, 132 to 130. If you need an update on the stats, Simmons' final line, 27 points, 12 of 17 from the field, 15 rebounds, 13 assists, 4 steals. LeBron James, 44 points, 35 in the second half, 11 boards, and 11 dimes. The two of them were fantastic. They didn't disappoint one bit. But really, I I almost thought that, uh, and certainly the game was in a different point because the Sixers were up 78-55 at the break, that if the only thing you were to take away from this game is that the Sixers' young stud and the rest of this unproven team came out primed and ready to play against a proven, accomplished team like the Cavaliers, in the big picture, if you step back, that would have said something. Of course you want to see them win and get into third place. Uh, But they were able to hold on. I mean, that still kind of brings us back to that subplot that we saw in the early stages of this season when the Sixers were learning how to close out games, and (laughs) they had enough. Absolutely. No, and then you take Brett Brown for his word after the game where it was a learning experience because, like I said, there's so many scenarios that come up, like he said, trying to foul, inbounding the ball, playing without a timeout. And the six, you've seen it, Brian. You watched it over at the practice facility. They've gone over these situations from mid-October, earlier than that, where they were going over late-game situations, all for games like this, all for games in the next week and two weeks and hopefully beyond. So it was, like I said, this was one of those games coming in. You didn't have to look what Cleveland's record is. You knew it because we've been watching their record over the last three weeks. And then uh, an addendum to that is you're like, well, who cares what the other scores were? Well, wait a minute now. Indiana lost. So the Sixers 
no matter, you know, obviously, I, I think they still have to win out in order to secure this third-place bid because they tie the season series. But I think Cleveland, and I don't know this off the top of my head, but they have probably a better conference record than the Sixers, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the first tiebreaker among teams that tie in the season series. So, But Indiana lost. Indiana had 73 points in a 21, make that a, a 19-point defeat at Toronto. The Sixers had 74 points in the first half. <laughs> and they had that. Here's one. They had that. 73, the Sixers, against the Warriors in a game here that they lost in the first half. So the numbers are amazing, but I don't, I don't think we can continue without talking about Redick and Bellinelli. I mean, how about totally. that? From yes. the two-guard spot, you got two guys lightning in the bottle, microwave-type quick, I mean, in terms of heating up, and, and Bellinelli was just incredible in the first half to Brett Brown mentioning where he just got on fire when they needed it the most. Dario struggled tonight, and to me, they won the game, and he's back now. He'll be better in terms of Sunday. He, he was out of sync, being out of action for a week. It's not just the elbow that's on the men. It's his, he didn't have his legs underneath them. And the biggest and most dramatic improvement in this game has been his three-point shooting, which wasn't there tonight for him. I believe he was one of six. But Rashawn came in and got those two dunks in the first half. Uh, I think the Sixers will learn from these defensive scenarios where they ended up with Marco and Redick, mostly Marco Bellinelli, single coverage against LeBron James. And as Brett Brown said, you know, they tried it four different ways. Even when Brett Brown, when he first got here, remember, he was in, what, hundreds and hundreds of timeouts in the playoffs with the Spurs where they had a veteran team. They're switching their coverages out of a timeout. And the Sixers have kept things vanilla defensively for years. And he's, like he said, perfect vanilla over the last few weeks without Embiid over the last 10 days or so. Well, now you can't, you can't play that way. And they, they altered some things in terms of toward the end they doubled LeBron. And, uh, and I, I know they'll grow from that. But just all in all, a scintillating game. It totally lived up to the billing and just an exciting gratifying end for the Sixers. 132-130, 76ers over the Cavaliers. So we could talk about this for the rest of the night. Then Devon Givens might be angry with us. We would not want that. Um, but just, again, maybe more along the lines of big-picture themes. I mean, this is uh, – the Sixers provided plenty of evidence over the course of the last five months that they were a team that had arrived at a different state, a different stage than what we had seen the last four years. But this is like, you know, I, going back to that, uh, Bellinelli – three-pointer that made it 65-37 midway through the second quarter. The building was going crazy. I mean, that's a moment where you just kind of stop, look around, soak it all in, and you're like, all right, this is maybe one that if you write the book and this all goes well about this team and the journey it's been on, like, that's a moment that, that you remember when the building's going crazy and your squad is taking it to the three-time oh, conference champ. No, you're, you're right. And, again, you know, the mantra, the marketing slogan is this is the moment and this is it. And it lasts longer than a moment. It's going to go on. The NBA's marketing thing is this is why we play. And that has, you know, many multiple manifestations. You can take that along. But this is tonight. This is why we come out. This is the excitement. This is what the Sixers have been waiting for. And then I add Ben Simmons. I mean, this guy waited a whole year to play. 
He's been waiting to star in the NBA for probably the last decade. And tonight, and one of the questions was, did you see something in Ben's eyes? Like, yeah, the jump ball. And he is raring to go. He was incredible tonight. And you talk about the Marco play. How about Ben Simmons in the first half going right to left, throwing the ball between his legs, and then kicking it out to an on-charging Redick for another monster three early in the game. That got the crowd going. And uh, Tyrone, you know, look. He took all those timeouts where they were they exhausted their allotment. He was burning timeouts left and right just to stay in the game. And one would have to think that has, you know, part of the ultimate outcome is due in some small part because of that. He's probably thinking, man, I need to go on another hiatus. This, <laughs> this Sixers team's driving me nuts. So now a tremendous matchup and hopefully many more of these games to come in the in the playoffs and one would expect so. Well put by Tom McGinnis. Next game is a matinee Sunday, 1 o'clock, against the Dallas Mavericks. We'll Who beat Detroit tonight. Man. That's right. Better look out. Thank you, Brian. Good night. At the start of the first quarter, pretty evenly played. The game was tied at 11, and the Sixers snapped off eight straight points. Rashawn Holmes, as we've known him to do, with a big spark plug off the bench. Simmons knocks it away from Love. Ben Simmons to TJ. TJ into a cutting Holmes. Oh, yeah. Right down Broad Street. Rashawn Holmes. Jams it hard. You could tell the Sixers had something brewing at that point in time. 29 to 17. Timeout called by Ty Lu and the Cavs. Ben Simmons put the foot on the gas coming back after the break. Here's Ben down the lane. Oh, baby. Ben Simmons between the legs. And then he rocks the rim. Simmons with a ferocious jam. 41-28, all Sixers after one quarter of play. The bench squad came in after that. Markel Fultz playing some great ball to help build the lead to 18 early on in the second quarter. And Robert Covington doing some work from outside the arc to widen the gap into the 20s. Markel gets it away from Smith, now drives into the lane, kick out corner. It's Covington for three. Good! Markel Fultz is wheeling and dealing, and Cleveland cannot use too many timeouts. They're calling them left and right. 55 to 32, 76ers in total control. Things cooled for a moment. Then Marco Bellinelli and JJ Reddick started feeling it. And a steal by Ben Simmons to J.J. Reddick in traffic. Reddick with a layup. It's up. It is good. He got it. After that, Marco Bellinelli with a three-pointer making it 65-37. Cavs called another timeout, and that was the reference point that Tom and I were talking about. You just kind of sat back, soaked in the scene here, uh, 20,769 at full throat, cheering on the Sixers, going up against LeBron James and Cleveland. You're like, all right, this Feels like it's it. Still a lot to be written, but uh, definitely a moment that you earmark. Sixers all over the Cavaliers at the half, 78 to 55. The 78 points, the highest first-half scoring total for the 76ers since 1992 and a floor record down here at the center. On to the third quarter, the Sixers and the Cavaliers. A trend that we saw towards the end of quarter number two was that Cleveland was starting to make a run, and that would continue with LeBron James doing his thing. Marco Bellinelli came up in big moments. Do we have the highlights? Mark with the corner. Quick catch, shot, three ball, good again. Bellinelli delivers. Quick release, another trifecta. 
Bellinelli made it 102 to 90 when the Sixers needed big baskets. Marco Bellinelli was there throughout the night. Sixers led 105 to 98 after three quarters of play. On to the fourth. More from LeBron James. He scored eight straight points at one juncture, and the Sixers were looking for something to stem the tide. Simmons plays into Ilyasova. Again, a new clock. Irsan backing in on Austin. Left-hand shot, rimming around. And good! He put it up with the left hand. A little off balance. Didn't look pretty, but it's in. Got the margin back to eight points, and the Sixers were looking for every bit of insurance that they could get. Redick in the corner for three. It's good! J.J. Redick puts it in. The Sixers lead by eight. Irsan got the ball back. Simmons with a kick out, and Redick with a three. Sixers coming up big, and they would go up 128 to 120 with about one and a half minutes to go. The Cavaliers answered with seven straight points to make it 128 to 127. The Sixers hit some free throws courtesy of J.J. Redick and Ursan Ilyasova. They led it 132 uh, to 129 with 1.9 seconds left. That's when Robert Covington was called for a foul on LeBron James from outside the arc. James hit his first, missed his second, was forced to miss his third. Sixers got the rebound, ball game, and the Sixers hang on to win it, 132 to 130. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there.